The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group, helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. Good morning. Rashini has the day off. Steve Thompson sitting in. Bruce Helmer is here on Your Money. And today's topic, a Social Security free-for-all. Bruce, I, I, I like the ring of that. It sounds good. <laughs> hey, Steve, it's good. Even though we're not face-to-face, and I, gosh, I can't remember the last time I've seen you, it's good to be with you again on air. Thank you. Um, this is a topic, as you probably aren't surprised about, so when we talk about Social Security, it usually generates a lot of interest. So um, I'll introduce our guest. If you want to throw out the numbers, I think we'll get a lot of text today um, uh, on this topic, at least historically we usually do. Yeah, for sure. And that number, if you want to text the program today, 651-989-9226. The text number again, 651-989-9226. And we're already starting to see those come in, Bruce. (laughs) So our guest this morning, listeners, if, if you're a fan of the show or if you've listened for any period of time, you've probably heard Rhonda Whitenack on with us before. Um, we have her on at least once, maybe twice a year, to give us updates on Social Security. Rhonda, the, the, when, when we have a guest, I'm supposed to get a bio and read the bio, but for you, I just say, to me, you're all, you're all things Social Security. You always have all the answers, and you, and you know how to articulate what you know in an understandable, digestible fashion for the listener. I, I will tell you, um, we had some, you know, again, people that listen to the show on a regular basis know that we do frequently have guests, but almost all the time the guests are wealth enhancement folks. They're uh, members of our roundtable team of specialists, and they're, they're expert, uh, experts in a particular area that we're talking about that day. But in the world of Social Security, I don't know that we have anybody that knows what you know and if we do, I don't know if they can articulate it the way you do. So Rhonda Whitenack, everyone, works for the Social Security Administration. And Rhonda, maybe you want to uh, tell people more about yourself since I didn't read your bio. You're just my, you're my Social Security go-to. Wow, that was that was quite the compliment. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's great to be here again. Sure, miss being on the show. But uh, and and miss seeing everybody in person. But this is just great information we're going to talk about today. Um, updates on Social Security, some of the initiatives that we have, how to contact us. We are working extremely hard to take those applications and to process those applications as quickly and as efficiently as we always have. So that uh, no need to worry about that. But it's great to be here again, Bruce. Um, just a little bit about myself. Born and raised in Wisconsin, as you know. Um, spent half my career there, and then my husband was transferred to the Twin Cities area and has spent the rest of my career over 20 years of service with Social Security. But glad to and be you, all, you, 
you always leave out that you're a Packer fan. We don't want to alienate any of our listeners. <laughs> right, right. And then now with the daughter, Madison, a Badger, quite the Badger fan too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, honestly. Um, well, it's good to hear your voice again, even though we uh, can't be together face-to-face. So usually, Rhonda, when I have you on, the first thing I ask is, is there anything new or anything changed or anything that people need to know that might be different than the last time we talked to you? Well, you know, Medicare, that is always really important. I really want people to think about Medicare and educate themselves about Medicare and the best time to take Medicare. Because that's, that's always evolving, especially with those enrollment periods. And, and it seems like demographically, especially here in the Twin Cities or in the Minnesota area, a lot of people are working past age 65. And if they're working and they hold that private health insurance, they do not have to enroll in Medicare, and they won't be penalized. That is always a, a topic that, um, that uh, you know, we like to discuss. And another point that I want to make, too, especially with our listeners who are thinking about taking that maximum amount of benefit, or maybe they took their benefit at a lower age and, and wish they would have waited. Um, well, if they reach their full retirement age, they can suspend their benefit and then let that 8% uh, you know, accrue and then take it at an older, you know, pick it back up or start it back up at an older age. That's something that um, we're getting a lot of questions about. I want to circle back on that one, Rhonda, because um, the way you explain that, and, and as always, it was brilliant, And uh, but it, it occurs to me that some of our listeners may not understand some of the basics in terms of uh, the, the basically an eight-year window from age 62 to age 70, at which point you can start your benefits. So talk a little bit about how that works, whether you implement your benefits before you reach full retirement age versus at full retirement age versus waiting until beyond full retirement age. And I think, again, people that aren't yet on Social Security or aren't close to you know, making this decision would will be surprised by how complex this can be and how important it is that you get this right because it's a lot of money over your retirement lifetime. It sure is. It sure is. So just exactly like you stated, an individual has an eight-year window to decide when to take their benefits. Minimum age 62, maximum age is age 70. Now, depending on the year of your birth, you're going to need to figure out what your full retirement age. I hope everybody knows what their full retirement age is. But in this example, let's say it's a person born in 1954, full retirement age is 66. That means if they decide to take their benefit between 62 and 66, well, it's going to be calculated out differently. The longer you wait, the higher your benefit is going to be. But between 62 and 66, you're earning about, oh, 5.5% right? Every year, the longer you wait. Then once you hit full retirement age, that number changes. You can actually add 8% per year to your benefit if you wait until, um, you know, the, 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 every year, the longer you wait. So between 66 and age 70, your benefit, let's say at age 67, could be 108%. At 68, it could be 116%. At 69, 124%. And that individual whose full retirement age is 66, could max out at 132% at age 70. So it's really important to do your homework and figure out what is the best uh, financial decision for you and your for your family. So putting simple numbers to it, somebody whose benefit at full retirement age of 66 
if their benefit at, at full retirement age is a thousand dollars a month, if mm-hmm. they were to take it at age 62, it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 750 bucks a month. Or if they wait until 70, it's going to be 1320 dollars a month. So that's a big difference uh, from 750 to 1320. So I guess the question I'm sure a lot of people are thinking right now, well, is it better to take it sooner and take less money? Or is it better to wait longer and get it for less years, but when you start getting it, you get more money? Right, right. And it really is a personal decision, and that's why we want people to think about their their personal situation. Do they need that money right now? You know, what is the, what is their current cash need? Uh, what is their health, family longevity? Do they have other do they have other income, other retirement income that they would like to take first before taking Social Security? So those are all questions they need to ask themselves when making that important decision. I'm going to give you one that I get not infrequently, okay. uh, and I know how I respond, but I would like to hear how you respond. So some okay. people say they want to take it as soon as possible because they don't trust the government and they're afraid it's not going to be there if they wait. Okay. Well, you know, as long as there are workers in America paying taxes, there's always going to be Social Security because you're paying those FICA taxes, it's being put into the Social Security Trust Fund, and then you are getting paid the right amount when you're either retired or you become disabled or if you pass away and you leave it behind to your family. You know, what we really need to understand is, is what's changing, the demographics that are changing. So, you know, back in 1960, there were six workers per one, one beneficiary, so six workers paying one grandma. And then, uh, you know, currently there are only three workers paying grandma, and in 2035, there are only going to be two workers paying grandma. So you can see how the workforce is declining and the taxes going in is declining. And then this huge baby boomer generation is starting to collect benefits. So you have to understand the, the basics in order to be able to look at the solvency of Social Security. Right now, we're solvent until 2035 if we absolutely make no changes, right? But we have some time here to actually make those changes. And what are those going to be? Well, that's going to be up to our, up to the, the, the voters and, and up to our congressional, um, representatives. So there's a great, great report on our website at socialsecurity.gov that talks about the different proposals. And I encourage people to read those proposals and really educate yourself on the, the demographics of Social Security and the changing demographics of Social Security. And that's why we need to look at, uh, uh, you know, resolving that. And so you know, I tell people all the time that, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you, Rhonda. I tell people all the time that um, for, for people my age or, or people that are close to retirement, the benefit, the way it works, is not going to change, but it might be different for our kids. So when you talk about solvent until 2035 with no changes at all, if you look at some of the possible changes, and as a financial advisory firm, we've done this, there are fixes. There are things that can, that can uh, improve the longevity of the system where you get what's unpredictable, though, is exactly what will those be and do either or both political parties have the political will to do what's going to ultimately need to be done, which is a whole different question, and you and I want to go down 
that road today, but that's that's how I talk about it uh, with clients. Um, we we got a text that uh, wants to talk about uh, spouses uh, getting benefits that are different ages, and it fits right in. This is one of the points I know that we were going to talk about anyway. Talk a little bit about spousal benefits and, and even elaborate on that, Rhonda, if you will, um, about what if there's a big age difference between the spouses. Right, right. And spousal benefits is really misunderstood. I can't tell you how many calls I get and how many emails I get. Just because you're married, that doesn't necessarily mean you are going to be eligible for a spousal benefit. When I started working for Social Security 20-some years ago, I saw a lot of cases like my mom and dad. My dad was a primary worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Of course, she was eligible for a spousal benefit because she had all these zeros in her work history. You fast forward to me, you fast forward to my sister, we've, you know, we both have, you know, strong careers. We're never going to receive a spousal benefit. We have our own benefit. So the spousal benefit was really enacted as a piece of legislation to protect those spouses and even divorced spouses who had little or no work. If you have a work history, even if it's a minimal work history, you're most likely going to get a benefit on your own work record. And by law, we have to pay you on your own work record first before we can tap into any other person's record, before we can tap into that spousal record or, or your you, the primary worker's record. So you really need to understand just because you're married, that does not mean you are necessarily going to get a spousal benefit. And it isn't going to be 50% across the board like a lot of people think it is. I get calls from from people saying, well, I want to take his benefit first or I want to take her benefit first as a spouse and then save my own. It does not work that way and it never has worked that way. So really educate yourself on that spousal piece because um, it can get a little complicated. Now, if we do have a spouse who has little or no work and they start there as, uh, you know, they, they, they want to take that benefit, that uh, primary worker has to be on their benefit. My husband has to be on his benefit before I can get anything off of his record. Um, that age difference matters. Yes, of course. If I, my husband's 66 and I'm 56, I won't get a spousal benefit. I'm not eligible for a spousal benefit until minimum age, age 62. So um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of nuances with that spousal piece. So definitely we have a great spousal um, web page on our, on, our, on our website at socialsecurity.gov. We have a spousal calculator on there also. So there's some great resources that are out there. But I think the bottom line is, um, you know, you can't always think you're going to get a spousal benefit just because you're married. Because if you have your own work record, you're deemed to take that one first, Bruce. Good question, though. Um. Yeah, um, the, the other one that, that confuses people, and I'll be honest, confuses me as an advisor, um, the difference, um, Rhonda, between a retirement benefit and a survivor benefit. You're going to get Social Security because somebody died. Right, right. So we do have um, a program called Survivor's Benefits, and that um, helps, you know, the widow and widowers or, or if there is a dependent child, um, you know, you pass away, you leave behind a, a young child, and there's also actually divorced widow and widower's benefit. With divorce cases, whether it's a divorced spouse or a divorced widow, you had to have been married for 10 years or longer and not currently be married. So 10 years or longer and not currently be married. And then, so, so I'm sorry, so with the spouse, the, the divorced spouse, that, that is not, be, not currently married. So um, with, the, with the survivor benefit, if we want to target that, 
survivor benefit minimum age to receive a survivor benefit would be age 60, right? And uh, it isn't 100% at 60. It would be 71.5% at age 60. But if I'm if I'm a widow and I'm financially secure, I might say I'm not going to take that at 71.5%. I'm going to wait until my full retirement age so then I can take 100% of my deceased spouse's dollar amount. Uh, because once again, that's increasing, especially if I have a high income earner or my husband was a high income earner who passed away. Um, definitely that 100% is going to be quite a bit at full retirement age. So survivor's benefits can be a little bit complicated too. Um, you know, we have a lot of choices that are out there. And so definitely that's something that we want to talk to you about. Thank you, Bruce. Hey, Rhonda, I'm a, I know we kind of had a, a track we were going to run on here today, and I'll get back on it. But there are texts coming in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of the texts if you don't mind. So if it seems sure. like I'm all over the place, that, that's why. Somebody texted yeah. in, what is the cost of living adjustment increase going to be in 2022? And maybe expand on that and talk about uh, how Social Security is, uh, is or isn't adjusted for inflation. Okay, so with um, with the cost of living increase, uh, we still do not know what the cost of living increase is. Generally, that information comes out all around the last week in October. And we have to remember, too, Social Security is not the one that's determining what that cost of living increase is going to be. That is actually the Department of Labor. They look at the numbers. They take October to October, and then they determine whether there's an inflationary, whether there's inflation during that period. And if there's inflation during that period, then they correlate that with their formula to determine what the increase is going to be. And so we don't know what that increase is going to be. And once again, look for that information around late October. And then we start sending those letters out. Um, in December to let people know what their benefit is going to increase by. And so that's that's the way your benefit could increase is that cost of living. Uh, I have another text. Yeah, you bet. Um, and, and people are texting in. Um, Rhonda, we've got a little less than four minutes before our, our, we have to take a break, but somebody texted in, how long does it take to get benefits and let's tie that in because I think we were going to talk about this anyway. Talk a little bit just about the logistics of filing. How do you do it? When do you do it? And, and you know, procedurally, what, what do you do? And then once you do it, how long does it take to start receiving benefits? Right. Well, there's several ways to, to apply for benefits. And like I mentioned before, we are working and, and we are processing these applications as quickly and as efficiently as, as we did, you know, pre, pre 2020, pre COVID. And so our most popular way of filing is filing online. You can file online with our retirement application. You can file online for a spousal benefit, for a disability benefit, for a Medicare only benefit. So we have all of these applications online. Super easy, super, super. I mean, it, literally, it, it's, it's a very easy process. And so that's our, that's our most popular way of applying. And the cool thing about applying online is that you can speak to a representative. At the end of the application, um, list your questions in the, in the free format box there and say, I would like someone to call me back. And, and, and one of our Social Security representatives will call you. You can run through the application with them. You can ask your questions. 
we no longer everything we no longer need to see paper verifications everything's verified um electronically so we verify your citizenship we verify your earnings um you know your date of birth you don't have to show any of that information you don't have to show that little blue card so uh we process these applications very quickly i had a case where a lady called me and she's like wow i didn't know all this money i mean i looked at all this money that was in my bank and her case was processed in 15 days where she did the application online we processed it we verified everything and the check was in the bank within 15 days so it can be very very quick um and that's that's the beauty of the online of the online application you can also um apply via you know an appointment um and we are doing telephone appointments at this time you can find your local office at our at our website ssa.gov you just go to the bottom of the of the page and it will link you to your personal or your local office your community office but uh anyway with with that you can actually make an appointment and file um or make an appointment and then that representative will call you on the telephone and take your application over the telephone once again don't need to see that paperwork if if there's something that's missing maybe they'll ask you to drop it off or to mail it in but it's it's a pretty uh quick process i i tell people you know start planning at least 4 months ahead of time start looking at that application looking at our website at least 4 months ahead of time and 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 making those decisions cuz you're going to have some options on when you want to select that benefit so good question though Bruce thanks for asking that all right we're almost up to a uh, break time so I'm going to uh, give it back to Steve but when we come back Rhonda will clean up anything else we wanted to talk about and Steve will let listeners drive the show most of the second half All right, very good. And Bruce, the best way for people to get involved is send your text to 651-989-9226. We're talking social security. We're calling it a social security free for all today. Bruce Helmer is your host and uh, joining us on the program is Rhonda Whitenack of the Social Security Administration. We invite you to stay tuned to your money on this Sunday morning. This program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services LLC, a registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group, helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. Rashini has today. I'm Steve Thompson sitting in. Bruce Helmer is here, uh, the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and, of course, financial advisor. And today, a very popular topic, uh, Social Security in the spotlight Bruce and the text line is filling up by the way our number if you want to text the program 651-989-9226 651-989-9226 Hey Steve thank you and great job so far knock on wood we're a well-oiled machine so far cuz uh, not only is Rashini not here today but Peg is not here today but it's sitting in for Peg We're very fortunate to have with us Rhonda Whitenack. Rhonda uh, is in uh, public relations for the Social Security Administration. Uh, if you just joined us and weren't here at the beginning of the show, I would tell you 
that Rhonda is my go-to, all the answers, and, and not only knowing the answers, but how to explain them to a dumb guy like me so I can understand it as well. And Rhonda is uh, one of the very, very few guests that we ever have that isn't actually uh, one of my teammates at Wealth Enhancement Group. Uh, Rhonda, again, uh, I wish we could be face-to-face, but it's great to hear your voice again. Did we lose Rhonda? Well, I hope she didn't hang up. Let me, yeah, Bruce, you take it away, and I'll make sure we get her back. Oh, nope, I'm here. I'm here. Yep. Oh, okay, <laughs> just great. A little bit of a delay. Just a little bit of a delay there. Okay. Um, we're getting some awesome questions today, Bruce. This is great. Yeah, is the, you know, and, and I have a couple of texts, and I think Steve has also got some texts. Um, the one other thing, though, that I had in my notes that I thought maybe we would talk about and make sure we cover it. Um, There seems to be, and and again, in my experience, Rhonda, a lot of confusion about working and how long can I work and is it ever bad that I work too much or if I take a job and it's low wages, is that going to negatively impact my benefits? So I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about how working influences the the benefit that you're going to receive. Yes, yes. So if a person takes their benefit under their full retirement age, uh, then, then yes, if you go back to work, depending on how much money you're going to make, it could offset your Social Security benefits for the year. So basically, we take a look at it. We look at, at the formula for 2021. The, the um, maximum you can make without it offsetting anything would be $18,960 growth. And so if you work over that, then we're, every $2 over, you're not going to get one Social Security dollar. So there's a great calculator on our website that will, that will do that calculation for you. So just a reminder, if you're under, if you take your benefit under your full retirement age and you go back to work, yes, that could affect, it could offset your Social Security benefit. But I'm seeing more people actually um, working after their full retirement age. Uh, they might, you know, they might like leave their primary career and then go work at Menards or go work at Target. Now, if you work after you, after your full retirement age, you can work and make as much money as you want and it will not offset your social security. As a matter of fact, it might increase your social security because when we um, do your calculation at the time that you take your benefit, we take top 35 years of work, top 35 years of income and we do the calculation. So let's say you go back to work in 2022, and then that new year of work might be a, a high year. It might replace one of your low years from when we did that initial calculation. And then guess what? Your benefit is going to increase. And we'll send you a letter saying based on your, your new earnings, uh, we replaced the low year, and your benefit is going to increase by X amount of dollars. It really helps those people who have those zeros floating in their work record. Let's say they did not work 35 years and they have a few zeros. Well, then, yes, that new year is going to replace the zero, and they're going to see their benefit increase. So it's a pretty it's a pretty cool calculation, um, and it, it definitely can help people. So it isn't always bad to go back to work after you start collecting a benefit. Good question, though. A uh, couple of quick things, Rhonda. Uh, number one, it has become very apparent to me, and I actually knew this before today, but all the complexities of Social Security, if you go to the website, 
there's an answer. If people would have the, the patience and, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's user-friendly, if, if you're technologically challenged, as I am, you can still go figure it out. So uh, make sure we keep uh, repeating that website because they can really find out anything they need to on there. Um, and, and so that, that has become apparent to me. And the other thing is, is that um, I wanted to ask a follow-up question. So with regard to work, is there a minimal amount of work history? How much work history, how many quarters, or how, how long do you have to have a history of, of uh, getting a paycheck to be eligible for a benefit? Right. So we, we have uh, something called credits, and it's really just an eligibility requirement. You, the number of credits you have in your work history doesn't determine the dollar amount that you're going to receive. The money you make, the money you earn, is going to determine your Social Security benefit amount. Basically, the more money you make, the higher income earner you are, the higher your benefit is going to be. So, for instance, um, someone whose full retirement age is, is this year, um, in 2021, the maximum at full retirement age is $3,113. If a person is turning age 70 this year and they've waited and let that 8% accrue, the max for an age 70 person this year is $3,895. Now, that's a lot of money. That means that that person was a high-income earner and earned that high income all those 35 years. So um, I want to really encourage people to go to my social security or my social security, um, which is a which is a, a a web portal that you register for on our website at socialsecurity.gov. And once you register for that my social security account, that's your personal account. You can go into that my social security account and look at your top 35 years. Or if you don't have 35 years, if there's some zeros floating out there, you can do great calculations like that. that I, I think you've seen that, Bruce, that, that graph that shows the, the percentages that you would be able to receive once you, you know, if you want to wait for your benefit. You can do that calculation. You can do that personal graph. So it really is an interactive web page, and I highly encourage people to um, register for that My Social Security account because, like you said, Bruce, you can find all the answers there at MySocialSecurity.gov. So the, the first website that they, that they get into is SocialSecurity.gov, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And then they scroll down. They want to- and right, right in the middle of the page on the left-hand side, there's an icon that says My Social Security Account. And that's what they're going to register for. They click on that, and that's where they're going to register. And they're going to create a My Social Security Account. And what's cool is this account is evolving. So if you go on benefits, you can get your notices on that uh, through that portal. Um, you can get alerts through that portal. You can see, you know, the income that you make. Uh, it's just a, you can get the, that tax statement, the 1099 at the end of the year. You can pull that off of um, the My Social Security account. So it's it's just being enhanced and enhanced almost daily, it seems. So definitely a great tool, Bruce. Uh, Rhonda, I think that information alone for listeners is uh, worth the price of, admi- of admission today. Hey, I, I've got a, I've got a couple texts here. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that Steve might also, but before we go to listeners the rest of the way, is there anything else that you think is important to cover based on your experience and the, and the emails and texts and questions that you get? What's something else that you think uh, you should convey to listeners uh, that they might not know? 
Medicare. I, I think that, that learning about Medicare is really, and educating yourself about Medicare is really important, not so much as what it covers, but the different parts of Medicare. So we have the original uh, Medicare piece of legislation that was passed back in 1965. That's Part A, hospital, and Part B, medical insurance which covers outpatient doctor and clinic visits. But remember, Part B only covers 80% of outpatient doctor and clinic visits. So it's going to be up to the listener to go and research what insurance company they want to uh, be their provider to help them with that extra 20% that, that Medicare Part B doesn't cover. Medicare Part B does not cover vision, dental, and hearing. So you need to find an insurance uh, plan that's going to cover that. Uh, prescription drugs. Medicare does not pre- cover prescription drugs, the primary piece. So you need to find a, me- a, a prescription drug coverage also. So not only are you going to enroll with me at Social Security for your Medicare A and B, you're going to need to start talking to private insurance companies in order to cover you for the C and the D part. So that, that tends to be something that confuses people. Um, we have a great, uh, a great, uh, counseling service called the, called the, um, oh my gosh, senior linkage line. Uh, and you, you can reach them and they can help you figure that out. Another thing with Medicare, that premium for 2021 is $148.50, right? But if you're a high income earner, that might increase. And the reason why is that $148.50 is only one quarter of what that premium costs. The federal government subsidizes the other three quarters. So there was a, a law that was passed saying if you're a high income earner, earner, you're not going to get three quarters subsidy. You're going to have to pay a little bit more for that Medicare premium. And that seems to surprise some of those higher income earners, and which you probably see too, Bruce, with your clients. So that's the, that's the important well, I want to say that's the plug. Yeah, well, and that's really good information. And the only thing I'll add is that the, the other thing that often confuses people is that their their Medicare Part B premium is based on their income on their on their tax return from two years previous. And so that catches people sometimes if they don't do proper planning. That's you know if they get to us before that happens, we might be able to help them uh, plan for that. Um, Steve, uh, you want to throw the numbers out again, and if you've got some good questions, I think uh, I, I, there's. I don't. I, I don't think Rhonda has ever been stumped. Let's see if we can uh, stump her today, maybe. Very good. The text line you hear on your money is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. The topic social security today again six five one nine eight nine. 9226. From our text line on the program today, is disability income the same as my retirement income? And how much time should I give to apply for regular Social Security now that I'm on disability? Okay, so if you're on disability, right, so if you're on disability benefits, uh, you don't need to do anything. Disability benefits is equal to 100% of the calculation we would have done for you. So you're already getting the maximum amount. What happens with disability, though, is as soon as you reach your full retirement age, internally, we flip the switch from disability over to retirement, and then you're then uh, considered a retiree or on retirement benefits. But you don't have to do anything with the disability piece. The one thing, actually, with Medicare that you may need to do is, I'm not sure if you're, if you're enrolled in Medicare or not, 
but um, you you know you may want to start thinking about whether you want to take your Medicare um, uh, it, during that disability period or if you want to wait until age 65 to take that Medicare. But you're pretty much set with the disability piece. Thank you. Another one from our text line on the program. How is it determined which day of the month you receive your Social Security benefit? Oh, good question. Good question. So with that, we um, we we pay benefits uh, based on your day of birth. So if you were born first through the tenth, you're going to get your benefit uh, the second Wednesday of the month, and the eleventh through the twentieth, it would be the third Wednesday, and then. Um, the 21st to the end of the month would be the fourth Wednesday. We have a really excellent, actually, calendar on our webpage at socialsecurity.gov. Just go to socialsecurity.gov, and in the search box, um, just be- uh, type in benefit calendar, and then you will be able to get this nicely printed out calendar showing you which day uh, you're going to receive your Social Security that, or your Social Security benefit. So it's really handy to have. Good question. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I, I was wondering that when I saw that pop up on the text line. Uh, I uh, thought, oh, that that's interesting. How, how is that mm-hmm. determined? Right, well, right. And it used to be where everyone got it on the third of the month, but we are actually saving money by transitioning them through um, and, and now paying them on different days of the month. Uh, from our text line as well on the program, it is your money, and the text line is 651-989-9226, Social Security in the spotlight. Uh, my brother passed away at the age of 90. Going through his estate, I don't see that he was receiving Social Security benefits. He was receiving a pension. Can he get both, and is there a way to check on that? Okay, I believe in that situation what may have happened is uh, he was receiving a benefit, a pension, based on the fact that he was either a federal worker, a county worker, city worker. Um, some of those um, uh, civil servants were able to or did not pay into Social Security. They paid into a different a civil service pension amount. So, no, he most likely will not or would not have received any Social Security. A lot of our postal workers fall under that. Um, a lot of our um, first resp- or, um, uh, police and fire fall under that. And it's it most likely, I, I mean, I'm sure we work concurrently with these, with these uh, cities and, and, and state workers. Um, so I don't think that he was eligible. He was probably getting a pretty decent pension, though, from that civil service account. Uh, Here is a a very important one, I feel, from the text line. My husband's birthday is wrong by a couple of days, according to the Social Security website. How do we change that? Is it worth pursuing? He's 57 and not collecting any Social Security benefits. So if people go to that portal and they find errors, what do they do? Well, if they go to that portal and they find errors, yes, we can correct those. Um, You know, I I see if if it's off by a couple of days... Um, it wouldn't make that huge of a difference unless it, it, it means that it was like, for instance, December 31st and, and they're putting him at, at January or, or vice versa. But we can correct that when he's ready to take his benefit. We'll correct that, that, uh, that day on his social security account. But right now, I don't think that they need to worry about that. But we will correct that once he actually does file. Uh, Rhonda and Bruce earlier in the program talked about the amount paid out 
in Social Security benefits is based on the highest 35 years of income. Is that earlier income adjusted for inflation? I remember what I was making when I started out in radio, and it wasn't very much. Um, how, how does that work, Rhonda? Yes, yes, that, that's a, yes, it absolutely is based on, uh, or, you know, we, we, so there's several steps that we take when we calculate out that benefit. So the first thing we do in, and, and what I, what, what we try to strive to do the very first time is, is show you that 100% amount, what you would receive at full retirement age. So, uh, several steps. Number one, we look at all of your wages, all of your income throughout your entire lifetime, and we adjust those wages for inflation. Step two, we find the monthly average of your 35 highest years. Step three, then we we get the average monthly amount of earnings and we put another formula on top of that and we determine what your social security benefit is going to be at that 100% amount. And then I say to my, my, my retirees, if you take your benefit under your full retirement age, you're gonna get less than this 100% I'm showing you. If you're going to take your benefit after your full retirement age, you're going to get more than this 100% I'm showing you because remember that's when that 8% per year kicks in at full retirement age to age 70. So, um, yes, we do, we do consider the inflationary rate when we do that calculation. And you, if anyone can go in, in, in on our website at socialsecurity.gov, once you register for that My Social Security account, you can do these calculations on your own. You can plug it into that computer and say, how much am I going to get at 65? How much am I going to get at 66? What if I wait until age 70 and let that 8% accrue, accrue every single year? How much will that, how much will I be able to max out at? So it's a really great calculator. You can even turn it into a graph and, and print it out. So it's just, it's really excellent to have a My Social Security account. I encourage everyone to open up a My Social Security account and start running these numbers, start planning. It's, it's, it's really important that you select that best date that's, that's for you and your family, um, in order to, to, for the financial outcomes to be at, at its max. Thanks for that question, Steve. Hey, Rhonda, I, I had one more text, I, and I, I almost decided I'm not going to read it because I don't know if you can do justice to it in the little bit of time that we have left. We've only got about a minute and a half or so. So let's kind of put a bow on this thing. I like where you just went when you coach people to figure out their numbers and know what they're going to get. And, and I really want to emphasize as a financial advisor that Social Security is a part of your retirement income it was never intended to be all of your retirement income. We hope we're helping people do other things so they've got income from a variety of sources, but it's all part of retirement income planning, and a lot of people just don't spend the time on this that they should. So I love that you said that. Spend a little time on the website and figure this stuff out way before you actually get to the day where you're planning to retire. Exactly. Exactly. It's it, it's so worth it. I mean, wouldn't you do that? You know, with your with your IRA or your four hundred one k. I mean, you're tracking that and you're thinking about that and planning for that. You need to do the same thing with Social Security benefits. Because getting this right or maximizing your benefit is literally thousands and thousands of dollars over your retirement years. You want to get this right. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, Steve, I know we're, we're down to less than a minute. Uh, we'll kind of let you wrap things up. But, Rhonda, again, I just want to thank you. Every time you're on, the hour goes so fast. You're so good, so informative. Uh, we'll definitely do it again soon. Okay, sounds good. And people can find me on LinkedIn at Rhonda White Mac. So um, Rhonda White Mac would be, would be, you know, you just plug that in and you'd be able to find me there. Thank you so much, Bruce. Thank you so much, Steve. And uh, happy retirement to everyone. And thanks so much for joining us on Your Money Today. Bruce Helmer, Rhonda Whitenack from the Social Security Administration. And once again, uh, thanks so much. And you can uh, reach uh, them at 888-6-ADVICE or email yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.